Hello everybody, welcome to this new episode of She at Work. This is Elisabetta Marinelli and today we're speaking to my friend, Professor Ana Fernandez, working at the University of Madrid Complutense. Hello, Ana. Hello, Elisabetta. Thank you very much for inviting me to your program. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Anna. It's a, it's a real pleasure. It's always a lot of fun to be with you. As you, well, as you know, and as people will find out, you went through a lot of different uh, stages. You did a lot of different things before uh, coming back uh, to university. And I think that's something that is very peculiar about your career. And we want to go through all these different stages and through the process, uh, the decision process you went through uh, today. Just uh, quickly, tell us what you did. So if I have to define my career, I think uh, there are three main characteristics that, that best define it. Uh, it is quite inter interdisciplinary, international and intersectoral. So um, it is a non-traditional career path. And I think looking backwards, the main steps in my career, or the most important steps in my, in my career are those that uh, helped me to achieve these characteristics. So. Um, my PhD at the Carlos III University, which was an interdisciplinary program. Then my postdoctoral stays at Mexico, and especially at SPRU, which, as you know, is a very international and interdisciplinary center. And finally, my job position, another postdoctoral position at the Joint Research Center of the European Commission at IBDS. That uh, combines these three characteristics, no? because it is a very international uh, center, uh, interdisciplinary, and it, is, it, it, it means to me uh, also an intersectoral change. So I think these probably are the most important uh, steps. And you, you mentioned also interdisciplinarity. And now mm -hmm. um, about this, I'm going to go even a step backwards. You, um, the first big move you made, it wasn't a move across countries, it was a move across disciplines. You started your university as an engineering student and then you moved to social sciences, which I think it was a, which I think it's a, it's a new, it's not common, no? So uh, I want you to tell us uh, how did you make the first choice? How did you make the second? What did you learn in between? And so on. So I was young, so I wanted to become independent as soon as possible. So, uh, that is why I chose to study mechanical engineering with a high employment rate. I was good in size, so apparently it was a good decision. No? It was wanted, strategically at least, and I had the skills. But it was not. Very soon I realized that I made a mistake, that it was a bad decision. I was not happy. I was reading any kind of book uh, that were not related to engineering. Uh, the subject of the courses of the first year were more or less fine because they were quite general. Uh, physics, chemistry, mathematics. But I remember uh, one day looking at the course list of the uh, second year and thinking, what is this? I'm not interested at all. I'm not interested now uh, in the first year, so, so I had to change. Uh, nobody likes to make mistakes, and it was obvious to me that I made one. It became almost physical. Uh, I felt it. So, uh, in a sense, it was easy because it was obvious to me that I had to change. I couldn't uh, keep on going with, with engineering. So, I decided to study sociology uh, because I didn't want to move to another city. I didn't want to change university. To change degrees was yet enough change for me. So, uh, my sister was studying sociology. And the sub subjects she was studying were very interesting to me, so I moved into sociology. 
a low, uh, a long degree. At least uh, it was a four years course compared to the three years course in, 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 in uh, engineering with a low employment rate. But I think it was a good decision because I was happy. Uh, how um, were you? Were you alone in that decision? How did you know that you were going to make a new, uh, the right decision this time? And then the other thing is, uh, I think in this uh, change, th there can be a lot of prejudice that uh, one has to face. No, you're going from a degree that you know ensures a high degree of employability to one that it's uh, a lot more uncertain. And I think that that must be really overbearing on a 19-year-old. How was it for you? As I mentioned, it was easy because I couldn't understand to yeah. keep on uh, doing engineering. Okay. So uh, it was, um, it could, I, I couldn't. So I, yeah. was, so in that sense, in that sense, it was easy. Okay. So uh, then after that, you moved to sociology and then you start doing a, um, a PhD. How, that, how did that choice came about? And uh, also, uh, what did you, yeah, what did you retain of your, how did your previous experience uh, help you make the next decisions? I, I like to study and if you get good grades and you are able to get a scholarship so it's quite easy to keep on doing a PhD degree which was my case I, I didn't have a clear idea about what to do because you are always confused but it was it was fine to me to do a PhD so once I got the fellow the scholarship it, it, it was clear to me that that, that was a good a good path no? but also we, we, you never know if it is if you are taking the right decision but but uh, at the end it was it was it was a good one okay and um, now you are uh, back into teaching no but before uh, before getting back into teaching and researching in a university position we met again after Brighton and Sprue at the European Commission so again uh, another change from academia to Uh, to the public sector and then back again to academia. Uh, are you in the right place now? Uh, are you happy with... Uh, and by the way, you made these choices at a very difficult time. It was uh, the time during uh, in which there was a significant crisis in Spain and so on. Uh, how did you decide to go back into academia and are you happy a few, a few years down the line? Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted to settle down in Madrid because it was... I was 10, it was 10 years since I left Madrid uh, and I had four different positions in four different cities and three different countries. And I didn't want to move, to move because of work again. Uh, it was affecting me personally, so I enjoyed it for several years, but I felt that I had enough. So I wanted to settle down in a place and that place for me was Madrid, regardless of the crisis. And I wanted to stay in academia or at least try, try to do it. You know? So and there were two main things that pushed me towards returning to university. Firstly, it was the opportunity to combine research and teaching activity because I was in a research position before, doing only research at the SIG. And, and you get a bit obsessed with very specific problems no? or research questions. So, uh, whereas teaching forces you to see research problems in a broad perspective. So you need to come back to the basics and think that, uh, I think this is a very helpful. So teaching, teaching is a very demanding and rewarding experience. You get feedback from the students, you have a close relationship with them, which is great and 
in a certain way you get the direct impact of your work uh, compared to, to research which is kind of, of soft impact uh, and secondly uh, there were more positions available at university they were bad positions crappy positions very badly paid but it gave me the opportunity to come back no, to university i have to say that it was not easy at all at the beginning uh, because of the low salary uh, but um, i was lucky because i could do certain contract research because of my previous network and i was also lucky because of uh, the situation in my department. So uh, the uh, position was available and I got it. One of your areas of research is the sociology, sociology of science and also the role of universities in society. And obviously one of the main roles is uh, through teaching, through graduates, as you just said. And then there, are, there is a much less defined area uh, which uh, you research and then embody as well. Can you tell us more about that? about my research area. Yeah, so, and the role of universities in societies. And in particular, ah, that would be my next uh, question, the role of social science depart uh, departments in society. Um, so, uh, I mean, social sciences is not, uh, there are hierarchies in, in, in disciplines, no? In, or at least, in social sciences is not is not in a good position it is not in the worst position either no? but uh, i think um, i don't know i mean uh, i don't know how to say this but but, but i think in social sciences is, is is obviously important and it is obviously important now in a, in a world that is becoming more complex that we need we don't need uh, so only a kind of knowledge or coming from scientific knowledge but we need a combination of scientific knowledge and also uh, the knowledge coming from urban humanities and a different way of doing things and i think social sciences are important in a, in a way of tackling take or taking problems in a different way i don't know if this is a good answer of your question of course it's a good answer <laughs> yes i i just wonder whether uh, for me like my my impression is that uh, is uh, uh, it's fairly unrecognized and its importance hmm. is unrecognized, especially when it comes on the impact on, on society. And uh, because you've seen it from, uh, from different perspectives, because we were working in the same area also in the, in the public sector, I just wanted to, to pick your brains in that. Mm -hmm. I, I find especially like, okay, today we're in the middle of the lockdown, we're coming towards the end of the COVID lockdown. And, uh, and it's obviously very important to answer some medical and uh, uh, biological questions, but there are also so many uh, societal aspects which I think are being uh, underlooked. Um, mm -hmm. How, you know, what's happened to the organization of work, what's happened uh, to the organization of, of studies, what's happened to the organization of society. And, uh, and to do that rigorously, rigorously, I think it's going to be very important for public policy. And sometimes I don't think and I don't think that link is as well established as possibly the link between uh, technical disciplines and, uh, and the yeah. you know, public policy or uh, business sector and so on. Yeah, that's, that's true. You are totally right, no? Because, uh, I mean, um, we tend to understand knowledge transfer as, or, or transfer as a technical transfer. And that's why 
sometimes you get the impression that social sciences are uh, high, having a soft impact or not as important as the one coming from technological impacts. No, but as you mentioned, now we are in socio-technical systems, and this is why the relationship between the sociological part and the technical part is important, and you need a combination of both kind of knowledges and ways to approach problems. Okay, and uh, do you have any? Uh, so you are also very active. Sorry, you are also very active in um, providing research services uh, to the public sector, for instance. No, you, 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 Can you tell us a bit the difference between researching to answer a public questions with a someone who's asking actually an evaluation question, a policy analysis, and so on, and researching for an academic purpose? How distant? Are, how distant are they? So, uh, the research for um, when you are doing contract research, you are you, the research question is, is, is posed by the institution that needs to answer this question. And this question uh, it might be interesting for the institution, but it doesn't mean that helps to uh, uh, advance the knowledge. So that's why you cannot publish, publish many things that you do in your consultancy work, not only for uh, reasons of confidentiality, but mainly because uh, it is an important question for that institution, but it doesn't mean that it is an, a, a very novel question for the for science. No? So I think this is the most, uh, the, the most important uh, difference, the, the question of the originality and, and doing things in, in an original way, in, in, in theoretically and also methodologically. You, know? you need to be original in, in one of these aspects or in both of them in order to be published in a good uh, academic journal. And do you think that's one of the limits of, uh, the, um, let's say, I was uh, slipping into Italian at that point, uh, <laughs> of actually transferring this uh, social science knowledge? Because the, uh, the, the academic career doesn't, uh, you know, you pay, you pay, a, you pay a price uh, if uh, you you know, give too much, too much of your time to um, research for non-academic purposes. But then I think society suffers because I think the the analytical quality of a scientific institution is uh, is, is very high, and you know, like uh, you you can't find the same level easily in other type of institutions. Mm-hmm. But I think this is equally important, or the pressure is quite similar. For both science and social sciences, anyway, even though for art and humanities, what is what makes the difference is, is the patterns of recognition because they have okay. been created more towards what hard sciences do. So uh, they they have they are for them it's easier to be recognizing this kind of transfer activities. Whereas in social sciences, not all the activities that you do for society are recognized in your career path. Uh, because uh, they, they are, they, you interact with society in a very different uh, manners. No? So with a contract research, okay, you get some money back. Uh, sometimes your institution is going to recognize your work, sometimes not. Uh, but there are other type of work that is not recognized at all. For example, uh, when you translate a book from another language, and mm-hmm. probably uh, this is not economically biased if it, uh, viable if a professor at the university does it for a very little money. Um, and it is not record- recognized at all as a knowledge transfer, and I think it is. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So first, we need to open what we consider as knowledge transfer. No? Mm-hmm. And I was, another important thing I think is to change, not to think about university industry transfer, mm-hmm. but collaboration or corporate or co-creation, either with industry or with other parts of society. So you need to be open to also to uh, research questions and, and to interact with 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 other actors during the process. I think this is the, the, it will change things. Now your research career, I'm moving to another type of question. Your research career has taken you in different parts of the world, uh, Mexico, the UK, uh, different parts of Spain. Um, how is science done in different parts of the world? Is it similar? Um, the, the basics are similar. So you have to teach, teach, and you have to do research, which is to apply the scientific knowledge. No? But, but the resources are quite different. And I think, uh, and also the way in which you, you work. So for example, the resources in countries like Spain are much lower uh, compared to the ones in UK. And the, in UK, you have, uh, you are, they work more in collaboration. So the unit of, of research is not the individual, but is the group and you get more opportunities because of that. Also because they have, you have more resources. And so uh, the basics are the same, but, but, but then the process becomes very different because of the lack of the resources and very importantly, the lack of time. And because uh, you have, you probably in a, in a setting that de- less developed country, you have to do more things. And then because you have to do more things, so you have to teach a much more number of hours or many different courses, you have less time to do research or to engage with society. So, um, but, but the basics are, 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 I think, the same. Another question I have is that sometimes, um, well, one feels that um, exiting the university labor market it's almost a, it's a life choice. You know, it's going to be very hard to get back in. And certainly that, that also was your experience as far as what you've said earlier on. But my question is, having exited, you know, having been in your case, uh, for instance, in the, uh, in the public sector, in the European Commission, even though it was a, a research um, oriented center, might make you a better academic. Um, what do you think about that? this variety of experience actually uh, even though it puts you at risk of not being able to enter the academic labor market if that's what you want uh, could actually improve your ability to be an academic uh, if you so chose yeah i mean if you have an an open understanding of what a good academic is it it helps you i mean if you think uh, that a good academic is to publish uh, many articles in a highly recognized journal then it is not but if you have a more open approach which i think is good for 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 the university or at least you have a diversity of profiles you don't have to hold your professors that don't, don't need to fit in the same profile, no? diversity is good. So uh, I think it is important, but unfortunately uh, that uh, traditional career path doesn't value this experience, so at least in Spain this is the case. No? But, but I think I gain, I gain a lot. Uh, firstly, I mean, you, have, uh, you know that you have been working outside academia, and you, 
and you know that you are valuable valuable in a market outside academia which in a certain way gives you self-confidence that you can okay if the academia doesn't go well i can go out and, and find a job probably another bad job and secondly you can provide examples of the real world no, while teaching and establish the difference between theory, what the scientific studies say about uh, science and public policies, and the real practice, which is very important because otherwise you only get the perspective of the uh, what the scientific study says, and sometimes you can read practice of other people, but it's not the same to have uh, your own experience because you can explain things better and you really get to understand why things are like they are. So, uh, yeah, just uh, imagine we're in a class. What would you say <laughs> about the reality versus the theory of public policy? <laughs> so, the, the, always reality is more complex than, than, than what the theory says. Yeah. And, uh, and things like values and personal behavior uh, is much more important than what you get here when you read papers because these things are really difficult to measure so sometimes it's, you, you get the impression that things are much more easy than they are no? because it's a simplification, it's a picture that it is simplified in order to be measured or in order to be uh, portrayed in a systematic way so it has, to, it has some simplifications and um, if you want, if you are going to work as a professional in the real world, so it's better to have a broader picture. And uh, what is the role of the teacher when you know you are transferring the theory, you know of the practice? What do you want the students to get? And also, if you're not aware of the practice, are we sure the students are getting what they need? Mm. I mean, that's why I think diversity is important because uh, it is important to have different professors and teachers with different experiences because then the students can get uh, different things from different from, from different uh, uh, professors. I mean, you cannot be the perfect professor that provides a lot of things that that, that engages the students, that uh, is rigorous, that also gives you good examples and based on the real world. No, you cannot have this. So. Uh, so what I try to do is to first to, uh, to let them know the importance of uh, data and limitations of data, uh, the, the importance of uh, uh, being rigorous to apply the critical, critical thinking. And I think these are the more, probably the most important, important things that I try to to let my students uh, realize and also uh, I, I try them to understand problems uh, within the, the, the practice of the within the um, public policy practices it means like uh, you don't think the problems outside the world but you tend to realize what people is trying to do to, to, to sort them out and why it is not working so not to think the problems in without considering what people are actually trying to do or what the policies are trying to do to sort them out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, how long have you been teaching now? A few years, right? Uh, uh, four years. Mm -hmm. and, and it's been a long time since you were a student. 
Yes, yes, yes. It does. <laughs> also, also, I keep I keep doing courses, but it's not the same. Yes. <laughs> and, and now I'm just I'm just coming up with this question because you, you have also studied. You're a scholar of uh, science and technology, and this has affected the way we learn and the way we study. And so I'm I'm asking I'm you know I'm wondering uh, if you have a personal reflections on how things have changed and when you teach and you think about yourself. Uh, how many years ago uh, what do you think what was effective then what is effective now uh, how do you think about, about hmm. these aspects so now I think at least in the Spanish academia that I know I know better so I think that the way of teaching now is much more oriented towards the students in the sense that you mix theory and practice and before it was Mm, there was less, at least in my case, it was less. It was a less applied way of studying. No, you didn't have many, many pra- practices. And this is probably the the, the most important important thing. And also the impact of of of, of social networks and internet and things like that. So the attention of students has changed a lot. And I think now you cannot uh, teach the way we were taught in the sense that you cannot expect a, a young student to be focused during more than 15 minutes. So you need to change uh, and to do different things during the, the class because the attention has changed a lot. Okay, right. Um, anything? Do you want to add anything? No, no, no. Yeah, because um, other than that, I think we're very close to our uh, half hour of uh, of chat. I like to keep this uh, short so that people can listen whilst they cook a meal or something. Um, and I always like uh, concluding by you know picking up three points uh, from from the discussion and uh, maybe the, and then maybe open enough if uh, something else come comes to you. I, I think uh, uh, here, okay, it's not exactly a surprise because we've been active in this field uh, together for a while, no? But the idea of uh, uh, the importance of uh, diversity in universities, so the importance of having diverse profiles, and, and I guess it's even more important now that uh, you know the attention span of uh, pupils has changed, and and, uh, um, and I guess you know you need more entertainment if you want. Uh, <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> And then the need to improving the need of improving recognition of different activities in social sciences. I think well, in that we agree, and I think we also we also wrote something uh, something together at some point. And then I think my my favorite uh, point, I mean, the thing that I think we explored today of how uh, social sciences uh, the, the different how difficult it is, what what it means, how difficult it is to classify what it means uh, to transfer social science knowledge to society and how difficult it is uh, to recognize it. So um, it's a pity that like uh, I take home uh, how difficult it is <laughs> and I don't take home a solution <laughs> but I guess framing the problem is always a good uh, a good first step. Um, okay uh, do you want to add anything before we no 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 but the only thing is that you we need to pay attention of what we are doing because we are transfer a lot of things but they are not recognized so i think that it is difficult but we need also to pay attention of what is going on because there are lots. and also that things like such as the condition of the in which you are working if you are in a temporary position you cannot 
spend too much time doing uh, a transfer knowledge to society yeah. because it, you need to publish and this is important that's why the also the condition of job conditions are important in, in academia yeah mm. Actually, you generated another question in me, and now I, <laughs> I lost it, I lost it. What was I saying? Uh, okay, so with all those things in mind, what would you tell someone young that would come to you and say, hey, I want to do a PhD, and then I want to be an, an engaged academic? Ooh, that's, that's a difficult question, eh? because, because, I mean, it, it, the future is not... Uh, uh, it's not easy for a young student, so, so I'm... I will ask her probably if she's uh, sure about about this, this decision because it's a it's a long career without a lot of job instability. So if you don't, if you value security, definitely it's not your career. Um, then to to enjoy the journey because you need to have international experience and you are not knowing knowing to know what is going to happen to you in the future so probably you need to to enjoy the journey basically so make sure you really you really make sure you that's what you want uh, yes. don't uh, don't start unless you are uh, unless you're certain about what you're doing um actually i guess with you then i would like to take home four messages <laughs> and the fourth message is don't start this journey unless you know what you're doing because it's a really hard one uh, all right i think with that we're at exactly half an hour and so well done uh-huh. us uh, anna thank you thank you very much uh, thank you very much for your time it's been a pleasure Thank you very much, Veta, for inviting me. It is a pleasure. It was has been a pleasure for me too. Thank you. Bye bye, everybody. This is Elizabeth. This is uh, she at work. <laughs>